0: Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. Oh, peace of peace. I realized when I became a parent that uh, one of the many unexpected joys, there are joys and sorrows of becoming a parent, one of the many unexpected joys uh, was that I got to rediscover children's books. Everyone loves picture books when you are a kid, but then when you're an adult and you have to read them again with kids, you realize there's a lot going on there. A lot that maybe you didn't think about when you were a kid reading these stories. Because good books, good children's books, they have this power to deal with some really tough issues, some really complicated issues. But because they're books for children, they have to kind of distill it down and get at the heart of the matter so that kids and adults can understand it. So what we're going to do with our sermon time this morning is the first half is going to be a children's book from our new ministry, The Bridge, that you just heard about. Now, these books in The Bridge, they were chosen to help us understand our neighbors, especially our neighbors that have had some experiences in life that are different than many of ours. So you heard we're starting with experiences of race and experiences being in the LGBT community, but those groups are just the beginning. We wanna expand from there. I wanna make it clear that this is a part of our faith. That's how we see it. Because if we wanna love our neighbors, then we have to be able to understand them and try and hear their stories. And so, you're lucky uh, this morning that you're not going to have to suffer through, through me reading a children's book. You're going to have a professional do it. And so, Lydia Hagenberger is here this morning. Uh, she works with the Columbus Metropolitan Library in the Youth something, Youth Services, that's it. Um, so, she does story time, and uh, she even is scheduled to do a story time at the zoo coming up. And so, what I said last service is if you're nervous, you can just pretend that we are a bunch of koalas. Or whatever, and you'll be good. So, everyone, would you please welcome up Kelsey or Kelsey Lydia?
1: And what I said at the last service is that I uh, will not be giving the story time to the animals at the zoo, it's two people. So, I mean, uh, I hopefully I'll be okay. But, um, like you said, my name is Lydia Hagenberger, um, I work for the Whetstone branch of the Columbus Metropolitan Library, and I do lots of programming, story time included. Um, and that is truly one of my uh, greatest passions is to read books and share their stories. And so I'm reading Your Name is a Song by Jamila Tompkins Big- Bigelow, illustrated by Luisa Uribe. And um, if you ever come to one of my story times, I have like to have a lot of engagement, a lot of repetition, so we can uh, kind of soak in what we're uh, hearing and learning and hopefully remember it. So. Uh, without further ado is I will start with your name is a song okay. I'm not coming back ever again the girl stomped please don't stomp unless we're stepping in a drill team mama said was your first day of school so bad the girl looked down no one could say my name no one Not even your teacher? Mama asked. She tried, but it got stuck in her mouth. A street musician swayed and played. Mama closed her eyes and swayed too. Tell your teacher that your name is a song. The girl wrinkled her brows. (laughs) I can't say that. Names aren't songs. Sure they are. Take the name Olumide. Can you guys say that with me? Olumide. Olumide is a melody, girl, and so is Katone. Can you say that with me? Katone. The girl whispered names. Tap, tap, tap went her feet. Mamadou, say that with me. Mamadou. Mamadou is a beat away too, say that with me. away too stretches out like a love song. Yes, girl, names are songs. Sing your name. Your teacher teacher will learn to sing it too. The girl did a jig as they walked on, but then her feet slowed. Umi, she said, can you uh, say that with me? Umi, which is an Urdu word for mother or protector. Umi, she called out to her mother. During snack, some girls pretended to choke on my name. At the red light, a car boomed hip hop beside them. The bass pounded from their heads to their toes, even in their chest. Pat, pat, pat mama patted her chest tell those girls some names come must be said from here not the throat names come from your heart the girl asked say the name ha say that with me ha from here you've got to go deeper to say the name halam can you say that with me ahlam ahlam as they crossed, the girl touched her chest. Juana is here. Say that with me. Juana, Juana is here. Ngozi goes deeper. Say that with me. Ngozi, it pokes me in the stomach. Yes, girl, from your heart, say your name. Those girls will learn to use their hearts too. The girl bobbed to the beat as they walked on. In art. One boy's eyes got all wide when I said my name. Is my name scary? Wires sparked from a streetcar, and Mama and the girl jumped back, startled. Mama put a calming hand on the girl's shoulder. Tell that boy that some names have fire. You can put fire in a name. Kwaku storms in on Wednesday. Say that with me Kwaku. Quake who storms in on a Wednesday and fire dances in Sagnica Say that with me, Sagnica Mama said, names are that strong? The girl asked Siomara, can you say that with me? Siomara, fights a battle in your mouth Tongues bow to say Bilquis, say that with me, Bilquis Julong. say that with me, Julong. Lunges like a dragon, and Udom Udom is magnificent, the girl's lips trembled. Yes, girl, just like you. On her toes, the girl rose and kicked as they walked on. What about the kids at recess? Who said my name sounds made up? Mama pointed up. Tell them that made up names come from there. From the sky? The girl asked, made up names come from dreamers. Their real names were stolen long ago, so they dream up new ones. They make a way out of no way, make names out of no names. They pull them from the sky. The girl reached up to pull names too. Tajay, can you say that? Tajay and Trayvon. Trayvon. They sit on clouds with Gelante. Mama nodded and Laquan Laquan. and La La are the twinkle in stars, the glimmer in minds that think and tinker. Are these names new songs? The girl asked, yes, girl, tell everybody to learn new songs too. The girl twirled and leapt to the sky as they walked on. The next day, the girl didn't want to go to school, but she had songs to teach. Line up, Ms. Anderson hollered, Ms. Anderson. The girl looked to the sky. She saw dreams and fire there. Ms. Anderson hollered names, Benjamin. Say that with me, Benjamin. Tap, 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 went the girl's feet here. Siobhan, Siobhan. tap, tap, here. Olivia. Olivia tap 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 here the girl stopped tapping her name was getting stuck in Ms. Anderson's mouth again the girl sang. the whole class stared what are you doing Ms. Anderson asked I'm singing my name so you'll learn it names are not songs Ms. Anderson huffed Miss Anderson Sang the girl. Ms. Anderson frowned. Your name is a pretty song, said the girl. Ms. Anderson's frown slowly turned t- into a smile. Why, thank you. What about me, Bob, Bob? Asked, what's my song? The girl belted out Bob. Other kids asked for songs too. She sang and sang their names. Ms. Anderson asked, could we hear your song again? The girl sang her name. The teacher sang it back. One kid sang it, then another, and another. Everyone sang her name. Cora jo- muso. sorry, I have to practice too. Cora muso. it was music to her ears. The end. Thank you for reading that.
0: That was awesome, Lydia, not Kelsey. (laughs) So names have a power, right? They have a power when you're able to call someone by their name and when someone calls you by your name. And your name isn't everything. Sometimes we change our names or parts of them. Sometimes we add titles to our names as life goes on, but these names are a part of who we are. And there's a certain sting when someone mispronounces your name or calls you by the wrong name or forgets it. In Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, the word for curse is this word, kehlala. Can you say that, kehlala? In kehlala, it literally means to make light out of someone. As in, there's no weight to you, there's no significance, you don't matter. That's exactly what that girl in the story was feeling. That's what the mother was trying to get her to reclaim. No, don't make light out of your name as if it doesn't matter. Yes, your name is different than other people's. It may be hard to pronounce for some, but your name is this song. It introduces the world to who you are, and you are beautiful. Now, this story also makes me realize that We need to have some grace with one another as well. It's not always easy to pronounce names or remember names. I have to confess, if you didn't figure it out already, I'm not very good with names. It's a continual struggle to try and remember everyone's name. I'm sure some of you feel the same way. Of course, you're not going to remember everyone's name. You might not even pronounce everyone's name correctly on the first try and that's okay. The point is, though, you have to keep making an effort. That's part of the way that you show that person that they matter. I mean, it takes some work, right, to pronounce things right, to remember names, but that's how we love our neighbors. In seminary, one of our professors did something kind of funny with names. We had a photo directory every year, every semester, I think, actually. And he would cut up the directory to make flashcards out of the students. And so, just picture it. You would see this professor with his head down at the beginning of every semester going through his flashcards. Tony, Tony, okay, yeah, got it. And he did that because he knew that names matter. Now, in the Bible, names have an importance, a power that's even deeper than they have today. See, in the Bible, all the names of characters, they always have this deeper meaning, and you can find out something about the character just by learning their name. So one of my favorite names in the Bible is one you may not have heard of. It's this one, Basha. Can you say Basha? Yeah, Basha is not a great character in the Bible. He he was a king, though. He was one of the kings of the northern kingdom, and his name means to stink. His name means one who smells bad. But then if you look at his record as a king... It kind of stinks. Like he, the best accomplishment he did was warring against the southern tribe of Judah, like his own people. And so he was a stinky king. So it's a good lesson to parents. If you want your kid to succeed in life, don't call them stinky. They might live up to their name, right? There's another name that I love in the Bible, Reuben. Now, Reuben is a decent sandwich, decent name, right? Um, There are some lovely Reubens here, at least one. Um, But Reuben literally means, look, a son. As in, when Reuben was born, his mother Leah said, look, a son, Reuben. And that was it. It stuck. Sometimes simple is best, right? That's all it means. So there are some funny names in the Bible, and then there are the names of the memorable characters, like Sarah and Abraham. You might remember that Sarah and Abraham, neither of their names started out like that. God changed them. They were Sarai and Abram, and God added this ending onto them. But something I didn't realize until I went to seminary is that when God changed their names, it doesn't actually change the meaning because the root of their names stayed the same. So it's more like when God added this extra ending, it just emphasized who they already were, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Like God had these special callings for them and brought them to light by giving them these new names, but they already had those callings within them. They already had that potential within them. They just needed someone to bring it out. Maybe that's the same thing could be said of our callings in life. We have all this potential within us. Sometimes we just need someone to bring it out. And so Abram or Abraham, it means exalted father. Which makes sense. He was the father of the nation of Israel and other nations as well, actually. But Sarah's name is interesting. Sarah or Sarai means chief, it's in the leader of a tribe or a nation, and it also means bull. As in, she was a particular kind of leader, a strong leader, a leader who maybe got a little stubborn and bull headed at times. And if you look at her story, that's exactly what you see. Sarah is actually the strong leader of the family She takes charge more than Abraham does And there are several times in the story Where Sarah orders Abraham to do something That he doesn't seem to want to do And he does it because what Sarah says goes Now I remember growing up in Bible studies I heard that Sarah's name meant something else It meant princess You ever heard that? Yeah, Sarah's name meant princess Which is a bad translation It shows the bias of the people who translated that word because, oh, that's what women can be. They can be a princess. But no, Sarah was a bull. She was a strong chief leader. Now, there's one person in the story, Sarah's story, that suffered under her strong leadership in a pretty awful way. Her name was Hagar. Now, Hagar means stranger or outsider. We find out in the Bible that Hagar is their Egyptian slave. And actually, if you go further back in the story, you find out when and where they get this slave. There's a time of famine where Sarah and Abraham, they had to go to Egypt to get some food. But Abraham, good old father Abraham, he was worried because those crazy backwards Egyptians, they're going to see my beautiful wife, And they are going to want to have her, so they're going to kill me and take her. And so Abraham does the good, courageous thing. And he says, "Uh, Sarah, we're going to call you my sister so that the Egyptians can have you in their bed. And that's exactly what happens. And so Abraham lets his wife pretend to be his sister so she can go to Pharaoh's house and Pharaoh's bed. Good old father Abraham, right? And lots more happens in that story. But before they leave and go home, they end up amassing all of this wealth in Egypt. And part of the wealth that they get, it says, are male and female slaves. And so Hagar is one of these slaves they got when they were in Egypt. And they trafficked her back to their homeland. So just like her name says, she was a stranger there. She was an outsider. She had no freedom or rights of her own. And then we hear about Hagar because Sarah and Abraham were having a hard time conceiving. Now again, Sarah, who's the chief, she's the one in charge. She orders Abraham to take their slave, Hagar, and conceive with her. And Hagar, who has no choice in the matter, of course has to do that, and she becomes pregnant. But then Sarah gets jealous And Sarah decides that this pregnant slave of hers is looking at her with an attitude. And so she brings it up with Abraham. And you know what good old father Abraham does? He says, she's your slave. Do with her as you want. Don't care. It's not my problem. And so that's what Sarah does. Sarah starts beating this pregnant slave of theirs, Hagar, until she is so desperate that she runs off into the wilderness on her own to die. But then, this stranger, this outsider, who everyone has used and abused and then thrown aside, Hagar receives one of the first theophanies in the Bible. A theophany is where God comes and talks with someone face to face. And so God comes and talks with Hagar... And God says, there is a promise in this for you too, not just for Abraham and Sarah and for your child. You're going to name your child Ishmael. Ishmael means God listens because God has heard your cries and God will not abandon you and your child even though everyone else has. So you too, Hagar, the outsider, you get to be the mother of a great nation. You start to see how powerful these names are in God's story. Ishmael shows us that God listens, but who is it that God particularly listens to? It's to Hagar, the people who are the strangers, the outsiders, the people who the rest of the world couldn't care less about. That's who God listens to. So these names, they give us a clue that this story is not just about a few people who lived thousands of years ago. It shows us how God still interacts in our stories today. In other words, in their names, we get a glimpse of the very nature of God. So now let's go back to that children's book, Your Name is a song. Now it's cool on its own, it has a nice meaning, but from a Christian perspective, it adds another layer of meaning to it as well. Honoring each other's names and identities that's important for our relationships, but it's also important for our relationship with God because in their names, the names of our neighbors, we get to see a glimpse of the nature of God. We're told back in Genesis that all of us, we are made in the image of likeness of God. And then Jesus makes a different point. He says, yes, and however you have treated the least of these, that's how you have treated God. So when we learn each other's stories, especially when it's stories of people who have suffered and struggled in ways that we haven't, that gives us a glimpse into the nature of God. Now, this is the point behind this new ministry, The Bridge, because, yes, it's children's books. Even had someone ask, is there God in this? Are these religious books? They're not outright religious books, but they do connect with our faith they these beautiful stories that show people who have experienced struggles and suffering that is different from what many of us have experienced. And so we're starting with people who have experienced racism, things related to being LGBTQ, but we're going to expand that to all sorts of other communities, the disabilities, mental health, immigration, and on and on. In other words, we want to build these bridges To try and understand people who come from a different place in life than we do. Like I said at the beginning of this, this is a part of our calling as Christians. We all know that we're supposed to love our neighbors. I think we can all even agree that we're supposed to love our neighbors who are different from us. But part of the work of loving our neighbors is to care enough to hear their stories and try to understand them. Because we want to have conversations here that sometimes are difficult. We want to be able to bridge those divides that we have in this culture instead of just digging in our heels and staying on our own sides. It's hard to do that. So, there's one more name we should mention from the Bible it's Jesus. Now, Jesus was pronounced Yeshua, it was an Aramaic or Hebrew name. Can you say Yeshua? Yeshua means God saves there's a common name actually lots of people believe that God saves and it's this reminder the very name of Jesus that when it comes to things like repentance when it comes to making this world more the way God intends it to be we can't do it on our own we need God to help us we need God to save us We need Jesus to guide us in these paths that we can't go down on our own. So I want to close by inviting Jesus to do some work in our hearts right now. Let's pray. Lord, we need you. We need you to help us to understand what it is that we don't understand about each other. And may this name of Jesus, God saves, remind us that whenever we're feeling cynical about this world, it still belongs to you. All its people are your children. So Lord, guide us to be brave and curious. Help us to show unrelenting compassion. It's in the name of Jesus, our example, our teacher, our savior, and our Lord that we pray. Amen.